What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode, I'm going to answer a very specific question that I know you are dying to know the answer to. What are the best macros to follow for menopause? That's right. That was the question I received, and I thought this would make a wonderful podcast episode because is there an answer? Are there? Yes, there's an answer. There is absolutely an answer to the best macros for menopause. So if that's you, if you're in that phase of life, you may want to pay attention. And actually, even if you're not, this will be worth listening to. If you are a macro tracker in general, or you are considering tracking macros, there will be a lot of information here that will be beneficial. So regardless of whether you are in perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, whatever, or none of the above, this will still be applicable. Before I get into that, uh, just some housekeeping. Of course, every single week, you can leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to be eligible for our giveaway. You leave a review, you say a little something, something. I pick a winner every week. I announce it every Wednesday. And you can win a free supplement of your choice from one of our sponsors, Cured Nutrition, Organifi, or Legion Athletics. And that's how it works. You just open up the podcast app on your phone, hit the search button, type in Mind Over Macros, tap on the thumbnail, scroll all the way down until you see the reviews, and then you drop your review. That simple. And if you can subscribe and follow wherever you're listening, there are a lot of downloads each week, and it does not directly (laughs) connect to the amount of actual subscribers and followers. So we have a lot of people that are listening that are not following or subscribing. I just want to know why. Why do you put me through this now? Um, it's It takes two seconds. It's really helpful for some reason. Uh, the podcast platforms tend to show the show <laughs> to new listeners when there is a high amount of subscribers or followers. So the ratings and reviews are nice because if somebody checks out the show, they're like, oh, well, 900 people rated this five stars. But in order for the show to be shown, there needs to be a, a large number of subscribers and followers. So please do me a favor and take the the minute or 30 seconds that it takes to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And that's it. Now we can get into it. So menopause, I've talked about it in various episodes. I've had experts come and talk about it. Um, if you want to go back for more context on just considerations, I would say go back and listen to the episode I did with Dr. Stacy Sims. That would be a great place to start. I don't. I probably should have been prepared and looked up the episode number, uh, but you should be able to find it if you go. If you just search uh, "Mind Over Macros," Dr. Stacy Sims, you should find it. Um, and then I've done some on my own where you can listen to my ramblings about menopause. Although what I find interesting (laughs) is that I've been accused of from, from women saying that they don't want a man talking about menopause, but then they ask me questions like what are the best macros for menopause? 
So to help me understand, um, I know it's there's a select few who say that they don't want me to talk about it. And for those people, then you don't have to listen. Um, because I don't claim to know everything there is to know about menopause. I certainly don't claim to have any real life experience with it other than the clients that we work with. Uh, but I think sometimes when you box people in, you say, oh, well, this person can't physically go through it, so they must not be able to talk about it. Uh, I think sometimes you are missing out on a lot of good information. One of the smartest people that I know that I've learned a lot from when it comes to female metabolism and human metabolism in general, but female metabolism in particular is Dr. Jade Tata. He's been on the show as well. And uh, I would hate for people to not listen just because he's a man um, when it comes to the fluctuations in hormones and the changing that's happening inside your body. And it's, I think ultimately the goal should be to destigmatize it. Like it's a perfectly normal phase of life. It's like we talk about it so differently than we talk about things like puberty. Like your kids go through puberty. You're like, Hey, this is perfectly normal. Your hormones are changing. But then when we talk about perimenopause, menopause, it's like, well, we can't talk about that. Why not? It's literally the same thing, just kind of in reverse. Uh, anyway. So I thought it was a funny question, best macros. And I was like, of course, if you know me, you know that the first answer had to be the uh, sarcastic version. I was like, yes, the best macros are 150 grams of protein and 62.7 grams of fat. Make sure you don't go over and 165.2 grams of carbs. <laughs> and then the person never spoke to me now. Um, but that's kind of the direction that I was thinking. Like, I'm not sure. So Typically what happens when somebody asks a question is I probe and I ask for more context. And this particular individual was asking in terms of like helping to improve body composition while also managing symptoms. It was like, I didn't know if there's certain things from a macro standpoint that I should be focusing on. And there are. There first, let's answer the question more in a broad stroke sense. No, there is no such thing as the right macro formula for menopause. Doesn't exist. Everyone's different. Everyone's experience will be different. The level of hormonal fluctuations and changes and symptoms and how severe those symptoms are and when they show up and how they show up and how your body responds and how you feel will be unique to you. So if anybody tries to tell you that they have the perfect menopause macro formula. That is a major red flag. Please do not listen to that advice. So that part we can just brush aside and say, no, there is no such thing as the perfect macro formula for menopause as it will be totally dependent on the individual, almost like all things. However, there are certain pillars. And first, I'm going to talk about it from a macro standpoint. There are certain pillars that absolutely are beneficial when it comes to menopause, perimenopause, going through that phase of life. First and foremost, we're going to start with protein. Protein is really important because as we get older, and I'm, yes, I'm including myself because this is applicable to people aging. If you're aging and you are lucky enough to be getting older, 
This is applicable. Protein becomes increasingly more important with age. Why? Because we become more susceptible to muscle loss. A lot of times we think about, you know, like older people fall down and it's catastrophic. And a lot of times it's because of lack of muscle, lack of bone health, lack of joint health, all things that protein handles. So from that perspective, getting enough protein is like pillar number one when it comes to, and this is a pillar across the board, but again, even more so when it comes to menopause, getting in enough protein. If, you, if you're not sure how much is enough, just think about your goal weight, where you would like to be. I'm a hundred and, you know, right now I'm 185 pounds. That's my goal weight. So cool. I'm going to go for 185 grams of protein as a starting point. About there is really where you should be. If you're 200 pounds, you want to be 150, 150 is a good starting point. Now, if you're consistently eating 100 grams and jumping from 100 to 150 is a big leap for you, then just gradually baby step your way up. <clears throat> so that's the first thing. Um, really important. And, and that like non-negotiable, that should just be a pillar for your life. Become the person who eats a lot of protein. And uh, well, we'll get into to sources in a bit. Now let's go to fats. Fats are also really important because most of our hormones are derived from dietary fat and uh, dietary cholesterol. And we need healthy fats to support proper hormone production. And so an easy way to consider <laughs> You'll, you'll notice a theme here as we progress, but it's important not to go too low on fats. And again, too low is kind of subjective because it's dependent on the individual. But for most women, once we start creeping below 40 grams of fat, that's a little bit risky. If it's for any, like you can get away with anything for a short period of time. If we're talking about a week or two, that's not enough time for anything significant to happen. Um, I had a somebody who's in our neurotype study and she's like, I'm losing muscle. The scale's going down, but my, my home <laughs> body scale measure thing, because I don't know what they, what those are called, but they like spit out a body composition thing. And it's been, you know, we're, we're three and a half weeks in. She's like, and it said I lost all of this muscle. I'm like, that's physiologically not possible. There's been studies where people have literally been on bed rest for three weeks and barely lose any muscle. I don't think that you're losing any muscle. Um, anyway, the, the point is, if you are too low for too long, then you can run into some hormonal issues. So again, you can get away with anything for a very short period of time, but during a phase of life where you are more sensitive to stress, and I think if I keep hammering that point home, I hope that it sticks. If you are in that phase of life, you're over 40, you're perimenopause, menopause, it doesn't matter. If we just think about it from a stress standpoint, everything else makes so much sense. You are more sensitive to stress. Don't want to be too low on protein. Don't want to be too low on fats. And guess what? 
You don't want to be too low on carbs either. So that's the third macronutrient. And yes, this is a theme. Very low carb can be a disaster for perimenopause and menopause. Why? Because it's stress. Like one of our best allies for managing stress are carbohydrates. They shut off cortisol, stress hormone, increases serotonin. It's our little happy neurotransmitter, feel-good neurotransmitter. It's our mood modulator. If you have mood swings, you're, you know, find yourself easily irritable. Get some damn carbs in your life. So too low, again, is subjective. But again, once you start to sneak into the below 100 grams, you can get away with it for a bit. But for most people, again, there's so much individual variance here, which is difficult uh, because I I know everybody wants blanket statements, uh, but there's so much individual variance here. But as a general blanket statement, once you start to get into the double digits of carbs, we're talking about grams, uh, that is risky territory. Like you're taking away your body's primary fuel source. In a time where you're more sensitive to stress, does that make sense to anybody? Primary fuel source, your brain's preferred fuel source, your body's preferred fuel source, and we're just going to take it away during a time where we are more sensitive to stress. I don't think so. All right. So that's the macro consideration. And guess what? When you add that up, what does it lead to? It leads to calories. So across the board, when you are in perimenopause and menopause, do not slash calories too low. This is also important. Why? Because you need the energy to support your bodily functions. You need it. Need energy to survive and thrive. Slashing calories too low when you are more sensitive to stress does not make any sense from a health standpoint and from a well-being standpoint in terms of how you feel. You want to look good. I get it. You want to look good. But don't you want to feel good too? I hope so. So that's the overarching theme. But now here's the part that most people don't talk about. You got to be more intentional about food choices. And that is the part where the question initially kind of rubbed me the wrong way in the sense that I was like, we can give out perfect macro ratios all day long. But if you're constantly filling those macros with a bunch of crap, it's kind of the same thing as putting too much stress on the body through restriction or overindulgences or whatever. Like even if you're framed in with a certain calorie number, but it's mostly processed foods and you're eating a bunch of crap and um, you're just not doing yourself any favor. So that would be the time to really focus on quality. Again, it requires a shift. I get it. You like you know, all the things <laughs> you like to snack and you like to, uh, I do too, but like majority of your food choices. Now, one of my coaches who is, uh, also has a podcast called the other side lifestyle. Uh, I'm sure, you know, Jimmy nutrition or Jim Hallinan, depending on how you know him. He made a post the other day that was really spot on. And he basically said, a lot of people talk about this 80, 20 rule. Like 80% of the time eat real whole food sources and 20% of the time leave room for fun, which is accurate. But he said, most people misinterpret that as 80% of the time, like days per week, 
instead of total calories. So let's just do some quick math here. If I look at seven days out of the week, oops, 5.6 days is 80%. Okay. So that means that the other 20% is about a day and a half. How easy would it be to take a day and a half, a day and a half's worth of calories and completely blow it out of the water? Pretty easy, right? Let's say your goal is 2000 calories a day. Okay. So 2000 calories a day. And let's say we do that for five and a half days. That's 11,000 calories. Now, 2,000 times seven is 14,000 calories. Let's just say that was my weekly target. Well, I've already eaten 11,000 while being very compliant, but let's just say I'm looking at it as 20% of my week to follow this rule. So a day and a half, and let's just say the one day I have 4,000 and the half a day, like I ate like crap on you know, the first part of Sunday, and then I got it together. And the half a day, I ate 2,000 calories. So that's an additional 6,000 calories added to my 11,000 calories. And now I'm in a, wait, what did I say? 11,000 plus 6,000. And then the total was supposed to be 14. So I'm in a 3,000 calorie surplus, which is almost a pound of fat. Typically right around 3,500 calories above maintenance is a pound of fat. It's not a perfect number, but at least it gives you a reference point. Um, so I just gained a pound of fat almost by the 80-20 rule because 80% of the week I was consistent, but 20%. But no, if you think about it from a calorie standpoint, so now let's do let's do the actual math. Let's figure this out in reality. Let's just say that's 6,000 calories out of what was supposed to be 14,000 is 43%. It's 42.8, rounding up, 43%, which means I was on track for about half the week, a little better, it's about half the week. So the 80-20 rule quickly became the 57-43 rule. You see how that works? So he brought that up. I thought it was such a spot on point that like, when we say as coaches, when we say 80% of your food choices should be quality, we're talking about 80% of your total food choices, not 80% of your week. Because we know that the 20% can easily become, as you just saw, can easily become almost half of your week, week's worth of calories. So this is a phase of life where quality becomes increasingly more important. Get in your veggies, eat different colorful veggies, eat the rainbow as they say. Get in your fruit. Don't be afraid of fruit. Get in your fiber, get in your quality protein, your healthy fats, your starchy carbs. Quality makes a huge difference during this phase of life. And then not even talking about nutrition, but like, again, if you if you view it through the lens of stress sensitivity, what should you do more of? Restorative activities, mindfulness, stress management techniques, sleep, recovery, walk, right? Walk more, have more sex, get more sleep, like do what you can 
to manage this phase. You're more sensitive to stress. We have to think about it. Like that's what your metabolism is. Your metabolism is a stress barometer. That's why I get so crazy when people try to make this a overly simplified game. It's more nuanced because it's not just calories. It's not just macros. If it was just calories and macros, then nutrition coaching would cease to exist because everybody would just plug in their shit on a calculator and they'd be coasting to their goals. That's not how this game works. This is behavior change. Your body and your metabolism is a stress barometer because it just cares about keeping you alive. So it makes sense from a an evolutionary standpoint, why is stress the thing? Because stress signals to your body that there's a threat to your existence. And your body's like, uh-uh, I'm not going to let that happen. Not on my watch. I'm going to go through all of these processes to make sure that we stay alive. That's where the compensations happen. That's where the adaptations occur. That's when you see things like slower metabolisms and underfunctioning thyroids and sex hormones in the tank. And then there's certain things that are naturally occurring with age and with different phases of life. So we have to be more intentional about stress as a whole, which means better food choices, not dieting all the time, not going too low on calories, not going too low on protein, carbs, or fats. Individually, they're all important and collectively, they're all important. Not overtraining, overexercising, not doing too much cardio. We need to recover. Restoration, sleep, mindfulness. There's a reason why, if you notice, a lot of the supplements that I take, and I'm not a woman in perimenopause or menopause, but I'm about to be 40. So yeah, I'm taking care of this stuff now. If you think about a lot of the supplements that I talk about, I talk about, you know, the, the sleep supplements, like from Cure, I talk about, uh, gold juice and harmony from Organifi. I talk about green juice from Organifi. I talk about, uh, you know, adaptogens, the Shilajit gummies from Organifi. Like these are things that help to modulate stress. Gold juice has uh, some functional mushrooms that help to calm your brain down. So I do like the gold chocolate. Harmony is a hormone balancing product from Organifi. The Shilajit gummies, it's an adaptogen that helps to regulate and modulate stress. The green juice, quality, micronutrients, getting in something quality in terms of your servings of veggies. All of these things are intentional. And people talk about supplements. That's the way that I, I don't view supplements like, oh, I need to have this, uh, you know, this miracle pill. I view it as this is what I'm up against during this phase of life. So I'm going to take some proactive measures to help. And I prioritize my sleep. I prioritize my. Uh, recovery days and, and making sure that I'm in the right headspace when it's time for bed. If you're not doing that, you should probably start. Like, go get yourself some gold juice from Organifi, the chocolate flavor, absolutely delicious. Go get yourself some Harmony from Organifi or the Shilajit gummies or at least the green juice crisp apple. And you get 20% off. So there's no reason not to if you go to organifi.com 
slash pop fam. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash P-O-P-F-A-M. Quick little shout out. Code pop fam, organifi.com. Uh, 20% off. Think about stress management. Food quality. Walk more. Lift heavy to support your muscle mass. Super important. Eat more protein to support your muscle mass. Super important. Don't go too low on carbs or fats. Prioritize your sleep and self-care. Like these are the pillars. There's no perfect macro formula. The best macro plan for menopause is one that's not restrictive, meaning it's not too low, not too much of a deficit. It's balanced, meaning you're getting enough of each macronutrient. But more importantly, what's what's under the hood? Quality. Getting in your servings of veggies, getting in your protein, getting in uh, quality carbs, healthy fats, that sort of thing, fiber, all that good stuff. So that's the answer. That's the answer. Look, I can tell you this. We primarily work with women between the ages of 40 and 60. That's typically our wheelhouse. Now we have, you know, we've had women in their 70s who have joined our program. We've had women in their 20s who have joined our program. The reason why it works is because it's based off of each individual. As you've heard me say multiple times, it always depends on the individual. But primarily, we work with women between the ages of 40 and 60. And we continue to see that when we stop getting so obsessed with the actual calorie numbers, like it's not so hyper obsessive about calories and macros, and we focus on these behavioral pillars, everything changes. It becomes so much more enjoyable and sustainable. Behavioral pillars, like I've been mentioning, the the quality of of the foods that you're eating, the walking, the sleep, the stress management, you know, it's it's the lifestyle. It's the it's the change. Like I, I had a conversation with somebody who just joined our program and I said, what, you know, what resonated with you about our message? And she was like, you mentioned like needing to actually change. And she's like, and that just stood out to me because it's like so long I wanted to kind of change without changing. Like I wanted the change, but I didn't want to change the behaviors. I wanted to stay stuck in my old ways. And it's so common. You got to change the behaviors. You have to change who you are, your your whole being. That's a whole nother topic for another day, but that's, that's what it takes. And, And so when we can establish these behavioral pillars and these habits, it's completely transformational. And there's no such thing as that doesn't work because you, you embody it, you become it. And when you embody it, you become it. You are the fittest, healthiest version of you. That's just inevitable. It's only a matter of time and nothing else. So anyway, if you, if you want that for yourself, you don't have to have it. If you want that for yourself, and that is a desire that you have and you want to make the change to become it and to see what you're capable of and to pursue that level of health and fitness and longevity and enjoyment and well-being. Uh, just go to neurotypetraining.com slash apply, neurotypetraining.com slash apply and fill out an application. When you fill out the application, it goes directly to my call calendar with me personally. It goes directly to my call calendar. So you fill out the application, you get taken to a calendar page, you pick a time for us to chat. And for any of you that have been on a call with me, you can attest to this. It will be the easiest conversation of your life because all I'm there to do is listen and see if I can help. 
And if we both decide that that help looks like coaching, then we'll pursue that direction. If we decide that I can just help you and send you on, on your way, well, then we'll pursue that direction. But we get to decide that together and it is very casual. And uh, most people walk away feeling like, well, I got something out of this no matter what, uh, regardless of whether you enroll or not, it doesn't matter. It's not the point. The point is getting some answers and getting some solutions. So if you want that, go to neurotypetraining.com slash apply. Either way, hopefully this was helpful and I will talk to you next time.